Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Miss Unpredictable bringing you another stroke update on the Unpredictable Radio Show. As many of you have know that I suffered a stroke on last week, a mini stroke on last week, and I am doing a lot better, but I still have a long ways to go. So I'm going to be reading to you from healthtalk.org. Um, a little synopsis, a little mm, very key information that you all need to know. TIA and minor stroke. Lifestyle changes after a transient ischemic attack, also known as TIA. People who have had a TIA or minor stroke are at a greater risk of having another TIA or stroke. High blood pressure is often, though not always, one of the problems people need to address. Lifestyle changes can help reduce the risk of these include quitting smoking, I don't smoke, reducing alcohol intake, I'm a social drinker, maintaining a healthy weight, yeah, I've lost weight, eating a healthy diet, I eat healthy, taking a regular exercise class, yeah, miss me with that. Okay. Most people we interviewed spoke about changes changes that they have made to their day-to-day lives, which they hoped would help prevent them from having another episode or a more serious stroke. Some people had been told by their consultant or their general practitioner, or as we call them, uh, family practice doctors, that they ought to make changes, and other people took their own decisions to change because they already knew about risk factors or had obtained information about reducing risk of further stroke from one uh, from other sources, like the internet, support groups, family, friends. However, others could not remember being given any or much advice about risk factors and lifestyles. Many people said that having a TIA or a minor stroke had been a wake-up call, which had led them to think led them thinking more about their future. For some people, changing their lifestyle also meant taking a step back from work commitments and attempting to reduce the stress. Bam, we're going to put a pin in it right there. Because what what happened to me, I was under so much stress. And I let that get the best of me. Like, real talk. The stress level, my stress level was so high uh, until it wasn't even funny. Um, so what I need, what I want to do, I want to encourage people, encourage everyone. If it's something that you can't do right now, it's physically impossible for you to do, whether it's monetary, whether it's, uh, mental, or it's, you know, like, you know, um, per se physical on the job, physical demands on the job. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Somebody else will do it. Um, now on the money on the monetary side, because that's what got me being transparent here. Monetary side. Okay. So you I am a single mother. I am a I have a college student. Um, I'm disabled, but I don't let that stop me. Um, I let my disability be a I don't let my disability be a hindrance to what I have to do because I still find a way to make ends meet. Um, I am a 
giver, I will give you the last, my last dime. I'll give you the shirt off my back to make sure that you're okay. Um, now, when the tables turn, I expect people to be like me. But I guess I have to stop that expectation. I am learning to stop expecting people to be like me because people are not like me. I am a genuine giver. So if I have something, you have it. Now, I was in a situation where, well, still is, still in the situation, but I was in a situation where my back was against the wall. I had some decisions to make. I had some choices to make. I had to do something. I had to make it happen. Um, And people, you know, people say they don't do this, this, and this. They're going to pay you back. I'm going to do this. I, well, if you need something, let me know, you know, stuff like that. Well, push came to shove, and shove didn't push back. Um, so uh, my back was against the wall. Um, my son, he's a freshman at Grambling and, you know, I wanted him to at least have a, a full, a full school year. Not, you know, not a, not one semester say I went off to school. No, I want you to get that whole one, whole campus life experience. I want you to do this, this and that, right? Bam. So tuition rolls around. Well, scholarships. Let's talk about this. Go back up. Let's give you the backstory. So we got financial aid. We got scholarships. Bam. But one of the scholarships didn't come through, which left us a balance. Okay. We thought we could have. I thought I had the balance paid, um, and I was making payments. Bam. Still, some stuff still didn't get paid. Didn't get covered because you know some more stuff incurred that was beyond our control. Um, so needless to say. He came, I picked him up for Christmas break. We was hustling, trying to make sure we had this money so he can go back. And we got there, got to campus, back to campus. Uh, and we was like three, $500 short, right? And I'm praying. I'm like, God, where are we going to get this money from? He can't come back home. I mean, he could, but he can't come back home because I want him to have this, you know, this whole freshman year experience. I want him to, I want him to experience that. And I want him to, you know, at least say I did go to college for a full year. Bam. Um, now, the rest, I told him the rest is up to him. He's going to have to make that happen. But, okay. So, bam, bam, bam. So, we were like 500 short. Made a couple of phone calls. Yeah, some some said they had it. Some said they didn't. Um, and... The ones that said they didn't have it, but they told they told us beforehand that they was gonna have it. Those are that's kind of when I got mad. And then there was another person that should have given money because they're his responsibility too. Um, and they didn't. They ignored the phone calls while we was down there. Like we was literally had our back up against the wall trying to figure out how we gonna come up with five hundred dollars before five o'clock and this was like at 12 o'clock so thank god for apps that you can make money on we turned on the app we did a couple of orders um i'm not going to endorse the app because they're not paying me to endorse it but we did a couple of orders down there we had a couple of cash runs we had some you know that came some that was paid directly to the app and we made that we had that we met that goal um and one of my friends like a, no two of my friends had sent some money and I'm going to give them the money back. They may not accept it, but I'm going to at least return it back to them because my back was against the wall. And they came to me, you know, they they, they was there. 
So, but in the meantime, in between time, my blood pressure had shot so far up, y'all. Like, I was seeing stars. I didn't tell my son. Um, I was seeing stars. My head was swimming. My arms was tingling. My fingers was tingling. My legs was tingling. Everything was tingling on the left side. Like, my whole left side just started tingling because my blood pressure was just that high. I didn't pay it no mind. I did pay it some mind, but I didn't pay it no mind. My goal was get this $500 back to the financial aid before 5 o'clock. We made it. Okay. Um. So, yeah, we made that. I drove home. Well, I got him settled in. I drove home. Three and a half, four hours. Drove three and a half, four hours. Um. What else? Lay down, and well, I came in. You know, shower. You know, you know what you do when you get home. Shower, you know, eat some, whatever, whatever. I laid down. My head and stuff still hurt. Everything was tingling. My my fingers and hand, my fingers was going numb driving. My uh, legs was going numb driving. Thank God for cruise cruise control, cause uh, yeah, we probably would been doing a hundred on the freeway, cause I couldn't feel anything on my left side, even though you know you drive with your right foot. But I'm chilling. I'm just like, okay, let's let's try. I'm trying to wake my foot up. So I'm driving my left foot, driving with both feet, actually, trying to wake my leg up. Well, needless to say, made it home, made it back safely. Um, and woke up the next morning, couldn't barely see. That should have been a sign for me right there, y'all. All right, your head hurting. You, you, you know, you got this numbness and tingling going on. Call 911. Nope. What I do? Because I didn't want to go to the hospital closest to me. I didn't call 911. Because the only thing they would have did, they would have packed me up in the ambulance and sent me to the quickest hospital. Well, sent me to the hospital closest to my house. Which, I don't really like that hospital. Um, I feel like they don't treat their patients right. Uh, you know, like, really. Well, it might have been a different story because I went in as, uh, under a cold stroke or whatever. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. I just didn't want to be there. Okay? So, I drove myself to the hospital, or to another hospital that I used to work at. And, um, you know, my my walk was a little shaky and stuff. Um, when they checked my vitals, they immediately called a cold stroke right there in triage. And was like, how did you get here? And I told him, I said, I drove. He's like, you are, uh, you are a blessing. You know, you're blessed because you could have passed out at the wheel. I was like, yeah, I realized it. So my, my blood pressure going in or at triage was 250 over 150, y'all. 250 over 150. And when I say it took everything in me not to just fall apart, it took everything in me not to fall apart when they said go back to the Like, y'all, it's just my my blood pressure is just high because I'm anxious and I'm upset. Yes, ma'am, but guess what? That's also stroking level. So they rushed me to the back, did CTs, MRIs, yada, yada, yada. Um, um, no signal in, in the uh, ER, back there in the back in the ER room. So I couldn't call nobody and really let them know what was what. Um, I couldn't send my, my text messages wasn't going through. Um, uh, FaceTime, just the only thing that seemed to happen, seemed to work, FaceTime. So I FaceTimed my son and said, 
hey, call your granny, let her know I'm in the hospital. Bam, boom. He was like, why are you in the hospital? I said, no time for questions. Just call her, let her know I'm, you know, at this hospital. And I'll hit you back when I can talk. So after they got me into a, into a, um, you know, all these tests done, they sent me to neurocritical care unit, which is like a neuro ICU. Um, they did the test and every, uh, the CT came back. It said no stroke, but it showed that the vessels was, you know, blurred, bunched up and, uh, like compressed. Um, it also showed that I have intracranial hypertension, which I'm gonna get on that in a high second. Um, so the intracranial hypertension, the TIA, and pseudotumor cerebri are three words that I have to now say when I go back to the doctor. Three three things I have to remember when I go back to the doctor. TIA, I had a TIA, I had intracranial hypertension or ICH, I had pseudotumor cerebri. Okay, bam. So um then we get to they give me um all hooked up to IVs and everything. Give me all these fluids and things. And I'm telling them, hey, I'm allergic to this, but because my chart wasn't updated. And I'm like, I'm allergic to this. So I had like an allergic reaction to some medicine they gave me in there. They had to counteract that. Right. Um, it wasn't a severe allergic reaction, thank God, because I probably wouldn't be here, I probably wouldn't be here telling the story. But yeah, so had that allergic reaction and then i had um to get some fluid some more fluids because i was dehydrated and then i had to get um all this pain medicine because my my pain tolerance is the pain threshold was past the 10 like for real for real okay bam then we got into back into the back into the room we had oh yeah so yeah back into the neurocritical care then go down for MRI like in the middle of the night. Um, they running all these, you know, the stroke protocol tests, asking you 10,001 questions. And my my speech was slurred a little bit along with the whole left side, you know, droopiness and all that. But it was it did not stick. It we caught it, they caught it in time. So they gave you whatever this this stroke preventing medicine is besides aspirin, um, through IV and my face, thank God, is not twisted. Um, my speech is not slurred as it was. But, yeah, I was there. Um, I just thank God it could have been worse. It wasn't worse. Um, then, okay, so fast forward, I spent two days in, in NCCU. Went to a regular room. Um, had more tests done to make sure, you know, to see if I was progressing or if I was degressing, digressing, degressing, however you want to say it. So I was progressing. And then um, I spent my birthday there. My birthday was Sunday, so I spent my birthday in the hospital. Um, I had a couple of visitors. The hospital staff, kitchen staff, and the, my care team, they came up with a, like strawberry shortcake type thing and some happy birthday to me, which kind of made my day. Even though I was still like down in the dumps, because who wants to be in the hospital on their birthday? Yeah. Yeah. So I will be celebrating my birthday later on this month, y'all. We're going to have a little get together and we're going to make it do what it do. And yeah, that's, that's about it on that. So let's break down these other three words pseudotumor cerebri. 
pseudotumor cerebri is like hypertension in your brain or hypertension in your head. It's like a false tumor. Your body thinks it's a false tumor. There is fluid that's going in your in, that's in your head called cerebral spinal fluid, which comes from the spine. Cerebral spinal fluid. It comes from the spine and it goes up and come down, up and down, up and down. That's the lubricant that's been in your head. So with my pressure being as high as it was, it was a lot of fluid in there because I could hear that gushing, that swooshing sound, that water sound in my head. Okay. So I had to get a spinal tap or a lumbar puncture. Uh, where they release the fluid, the normal fluid level is supposed to be under 10, right? My opening pressure or the meaning the amount of fluid that was in there was a 20. So that means my, my opening pressure or my fluid level intake was two times what it's supposed to have been, okay? So we got that part under control. I was then had to lay flat for six to eight hours, literally lay flat for six to eight hours. And I could not sit up. I could not get up, walk to go to the bathroom. So I had to get this little uh, catheter thing. Not the, not the internal catheter, but it's an external one. And I kind of like that little thing. I might need to invest in one. <laughs> it's called a pure wick, y'all. Yeah, I might need to invest in one for the house. Just because I want to be lazy. Not um, for any other reasons. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had to be on that for like the six to eight hours I was laying flat. Um did that it was so painful my fibromyalgia kicked in then after that six eight hours was up i was able to sit up a little bit oh all this time y'all i was able to get up and walk except for those six out six to eight hours i had to lay flat i was able to get up and go to the bathroom with assistance so that per week system just kind of made me lazy so after that after that time frame of me having to lay flat i said y'all keep that i keep that I ain't got to get up. <laughs> I just get up if I got to go do number two, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. Um, Bam. Sunday rolls around. And my blood pressure jumps back up. Wow. It jumps all the way up. Um, So, they increased the medicine, increased the blood pressure medicine, the pill, and, uh, and some IV medicine. Um. So it can go back down because they was really ready to discharge me Sunday. But when my blood pressure jumped up, when it spiked, they was like, uh-uh, there's something else going on. Well, come to find out, that was my fibromyalgia kicking in strong. Um, so I stayed all day Sunday just on comfort relief, uh, comfort drugs. Um, then Monday morning, well, I pretty much slept all day Sunday after my family left. Um, Monday came around and my blood pressure was at a at a semi-normal rate so they was like okay we're gonna discharge you today but you still need to watch it so cool watched it you know they checked it they checked it like three or four times before they actually discharged me and so my discharge blood pressure was like at um 185 over 79 and so they was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go and let you go. I'm gonna send you home on these meds. Check up, check back with your um PCP. You know, bam, cool, all right, let's go. Yeah, I drove myself home. So thank God for that healing and my blood pressure low enough for me to go home. Then that's what I did. 
And um, yeah, so I'm here today to tell that part. But these episodes are going to be recorded probably every few days or so. I'm not going to um, bore y'all with a long story each time, but I'm going to really be on the stroke and health protocol again. I'm going to go back to a health segment. The more you know, um, that way you can do better. If you know better, you'll do better. I just want to thank y'all for, you know, your prayers, your well wishes, your birthday texts and calls, your Facebook posts, Instagram posts, TikToks, all that. Um, y'all don't know how much that really meant to me. I was feeling down. And y'all share the word that we are on all the streaming platforms for podcasts now. So, yeah, thank y'all for listening to the Unpredictable Radio Show. This, is your, this has been an Unpredictable Health Update. And we will have more segments of this Unpredictable Health Update coming soon. Love y'all. Peace out.